So welcome to this episode of the Bible Feed podcast. We're going to do something a little bit different for this first episode for 2023. We do one-to-one conversations and cover a specific subject, but today we've got the whole gang together, those that have contributed to uh, the podcast over the last 12 months. So I've got here with me, Paul, I've got Lawrence, Dan, and Josh. So welcome to you all. Thank you very much. Hello, Hi. So what we're going to do in this in this episode is just do a little bit of looking back over the last year, what we've covered in some of our podcasts and and, and maybe some other random things from from last year and and then take a look forward as to what we're going to do in in the year ahead. So let's let's think first of all about some of the things that we've covered in the podcasts for 2022 and I'm going to start with with a with a question for you Dan, which is okay. <laughs> what on earth is the connection between Ecclesiastes that little book in the Old Testament somewhere that might be a little bit hard to find sometimes? And Fat Boy Slim. I mean, how did we get those two <laughs> things together into a podcast? We, we most definitely did achieve that, didn't we? And it was the highlight of the year for me. I, I reckon <laughs> we could probably squeeze Fat Boy Slim in at a few other occasions. Yeah, it was so Ecclesiastes, that dark and depressing book about what is the meaning of life and life is a vapour, there's not much point, life is meaningless, all that, and those all kind of ideas vanity. that, yeah, all is vanity, that's it. All, all those ideas come out of that book. And, and so, you know, if if that is the real worldview, and of course, the end of the book, as in our podcast episode, we we concluded that isn't actually what the book is trying to say. But if, you know, if that's all there was to life, then you may as well just eat, sleep, rave, repeat, in the in the words of Fat Boy Slim. Suppose you could take the rave out and replace it with whatever <laughs> activity you like to do. And, and, and there you go. Eat, sleep, fish, repeat. If that's all there is, Excellent. if there's nothing else to life, then then just do it. Of course, there isn't. You know that that's what Ecclesiastes, the preacher, is is you know it's communicating. It's part of this the Old Testament, part of the Bible to to sort of communicate. This is a worldview, but actually there is something greater. Okay, and Fat Boy Slim doesn't be the only popular culture reference that has has occurred in in the podcast over the last twelve months. I seem to remember there were quite a few in the the chat I had with Mark Vincent on life's biggest questions and the, the book that he's done i think we amassed quite a few in there there's lyrics from mm-hmm. queen songs bob dylan star wars references lord of the rings i think the sound of music was in there there's probably a couple of others yeah you're so very very cultured aren't you all there was i, I think you you referred to simon and garfunkel as well didn't you which i oh, think did. that yeah, was in the, the ecclesiastes richard, episode again ballad yeah ballad of richard yeah. Corey or something like that yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there was the the Whitney Houston song, Imagining Judgment Day, just Cultured. completely different subset of genre, <laughs> just to appeal to everyone. So, 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 I mean, there's a whole cross-section of things there. I mean, why why is it that when we discuss the Bible, there are some some things in popular culture that just seem to resonate with the with the topics that, that we're talking about? Why, how does that come about? One, one of the things is that, you know, a lot of the questions that great artists or just plain artists wrestle with are, are questions that, that, that the Bible looks at because those are, you know, human questions that everyone is interested in. You know, why why is the world the, the way it is and, and and what is my my place within it? But, you know, great art highlights things that we might not see initially. And, and so too, each time you, 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 you go to the Bible and you're reading a, a, about an account about a person who's going through something similar to, to what you might have been experiencing or, or coming up against, that thing that can open up new thinking can get you to, to ask better questions and and think about things in a, in a new way. So I think it's it's totally normal that Whitney Houston has has made it into a uh, podcast about the Bible. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think we, we did a, a section on, was it The Soul? Was that this year, Paul, that we covered that? And we I think that might have been the previous year. Previous year. Yeah. So there you go. It's an, it's an ongoing theme year after year. And I think, you know, as Josh just said, you know, the kind of underlying battles of good and evil a narrative that actually, you know, you, you find in the Bible. It's a great backdrop to any kind of artistic form, really. You wouldn't have any Star Wars movie without the battle between good and evil. So maybe we should do a, a series on how Christianity has shaped the arts. That would be a really cool series to do. Yeah, well, if, if any of us actually have an artistic background, that, that would be great. Yeah, we should get somebody in to do that, yeah. probably. <laughs> but those those things like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, I mean, they tend to paint the good versus evil, you know, the good guys and the bad guys. It's it's pretty clear and black and white as to as to who's on, on what side. I would say, actually, that when we look at you know, the biblical narratives and the biblical characters, they tend to come through somewhat more nuanced than that. In that there's there's good element, there's good yeah. characters definitely, but they're often presented with their failings and mm. uh, and, and, the, and the times that they they go astray. So and we have considered a few characters where I, when we were looking at Genesis, we we thought about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and, and people like that. But there's a character that, as I was reviewing what we've covered, I came across in one of one of our episodes. And Lawrence, I think you need to explain who this character is. Tremendous Hummus. He he is a historical character. Well, he, he's either historical or hysterical. We're not quite certain what. Yeah, this this was kind of our Asterix education going a bit, sort of taking us off the rails a little somewhat. No, yeah. Now we're very got out of hand. Yes. Yeah. Asterix, you can learn a lot from Asterix. Yeah, I you mean, can. You know, <laughs> listeners, go out and read the full back catalogue. So I think the, the point of that character, who is not a historical character, he was somebody, somebody we dreamt up in order to kind of paint a picture, wasn't he, of first century Christian life. And I think his full title that we gave him was Tremendous Hummus, the chef from Milvian Bridge. So I th- he was a character of who was a, a Christian in the first century, and we kind of put him into context how would it have been in the in the era that he was living what would a christian community look like what would their community gatherings look like what how would they engage in worship together and it was a, a kind of a, a narrative prop maybe but there were there were some of the names as well which you know you can go back and listen to the episode yeah, I, I was particularly pleased with the uh, the name for the scribe uh, meticulous stylus meticulous stylus <laughs> dear me <laughs> Oh, well, the outcome of that was that there was a serious outcome of that, which was actually that the day, the day to day practices and worship, you know, you can see links with what we do today. So those, those things that we do and the tensions that we see in the life of Christians today, you know, we could see them in the life of first mm. century Christians as well. Okay. And we actually did cover quite a bit about the early church. We, there was that episode on. The, a day in the life of a first century Christian. But we also did a, a series of three, didn't we, on, on church aspects of church history, covering baptism and persecution and then organization, I think, was the third one. So we spent a bit of time on that. Why Why do you think it was helpful to, to focus on that? Yeah, we did actually a series of three on that. And I think the one that we did on the day in the life of was a kind of an intro to that, just mm. to kind of set the scene for the, for the series. And we had Stephen Blake, who came and, and uh, so helped us out with that that topic. Um, he's been working on that material for a while. So we asked him to come and do a three-part session with us on on that. To be honest with you, I did get slightly obsessed by the whole thing. I kind of, I, I didn't go as far as shaving my head and kind of like getting the whole sort of the monk's outfit or anything, but I did kind of bought the Penguin, was it History of Church series and got deeply involved in that, read huge sections of that to try and get some context. And 
I think the reason why it was useful, the, the reason why I think it was, you know, it's important to kind of consider these things. We are shaped here in 2023 now. Uh, we're shaped in part by all of the theological shenanigans that have happened over over the, the ages. You know, ever since like, you know, Matthew picked up his quill and Moses picked up his hammer and chisel, you know, there's been pressures cultural pressures on that message and there's been political things shaping the communities and and how do we sort of get through that to what the truth of the message really is and how how do we work out what to ignore from all of those pressures and which bits do we embrace so i think that's why it's useful mm. to kind of consider the historical background to to the, the church life that we that we live today Okay, thanks. So there might be a couple of anachronisms in there with quills and, and hammers and chisels. And Maybe. just as an aside, shenanigans was the word that won the Twitter poll for the English quirky word of the year. Wow. There we go. Yeah. Josh, have you done any looking into church history? Certainly not. Yeah, shaving my head into the into <laughs> the tonsure and, and getting the old, uh, the cool rope belt out. But uh, but Lawrence's point is 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 absolutely right. And, and, and certainly I should be spending some more time looking at the early church, I think, because the setup of, of a church requires more than one person. And that's exactly what, you know, Christians today experience. And it's what we see throughout history, that Christians are, are very rarely individuals alone they're, they're part of groups that the, the the message the teaching the actions the the, the commandments are, are things that will be seen by others will be will be noticed and jesus sets up that sort of relationship that interpersonal kind of setup in in a number of, of, of different places and the early church movement you know is one of, of groups coming together in different parts of the world in slightly different circumstances some richer some poorer some on the coast some inland and there's challenges there's opportunities there's there's good and bad and and there's a lot to, to, to learn from it in, in in today's churches. The other thing that I got from that series that I thought was really helpful was how things changed in the church quite dramatically. And basically, it, to, to look back at it, we, we can learn from past mistakes. And if we don't do it, then history will just repeat itself over and over again, won't it? That's, I think, what, what often happens, isn't it? So, for example, the persecution in the church, which was initially, this movement was a very persecuted movement, but it went mm. from being the persecuted to being the persecutors. <laughs> That's the right way of saying it. So they, they became a persecuting church, basically, with anyone that yeah. didn't agree with them. And that's what came out of that episode. And I, That's really a, quite a, a, big, a big warning, isn't it? If we ever find ourselves part of a church community or part of a church that starts dishing out treatment like that, then that's a huge red flag that we're, we're not in step with Jesus. So that, I think that's really, you know, really helpful to look back and see how things changed from the first century and then we can then apply that to ourselves. Yeah and, and to your point Dan you know about how things change one of the things that really struck me when I was doing the research and also when I was speaking to Stephen was the way that baptism turned from being a mm. thing that a believer used in order to kind of say this is what I believe into basically an instrument of the state to kind of control everyone. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting transition and then also then how the reformation it kind of people kind of realise that actually when it, this is this is not right. And so that's, you know, to your point that things change and for us we've got to have the Bible in one hand and kind of this church history in the other and yeah. go, okay, so what was right, what was wrong.
Great. So that's the the church history elements that we covered. I'm just thinking about what else we've covered. I particularly remember the inspiration episode that you and I did, Josh, where we we took some time to demonstrate how easy it is for communication to to break down. And I think I think you had a whole load of examples of of ambiguous statements that, that could be misinterpreted and, and we had to hold you back a bit. So Josh, now is your opportunity to, yeah, to give, right, us a, so. give us a few more examples. <laughs> it, I, I think it is fascinating because obviously, you know, in, in, in these days of, of, of Zoom and Meet and Teams and, and all the rest of it, communication breaking down and being difficult because of echoes and, and patchy Wi-Fi and stuff like that is, is, is the norm. But even, you know, a sentence written down in front of you, if that can still confuse you or the message can't get through, that's an interesting thing to think about. So, yeah, I, 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 we, we did a list of what are called garden path sentences where you start reading it and then you realise halfway through that you had sort of assumed you knew where the sentence was going, but then you, you end up somewhere else. So so I'll read one out and I'll, I'll do it wrong and then I'll, I'll explain it. So because he always jogs a mile seems short distance to him. Whereas if you say it the other way around, because he always jogs a mile. Oh, sorry, I've done it. I've done it wrong twice there. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me <laughs> confuse myself. Because he always jogs a mile seems a short distance to him. So there's a, a little worked example then of, of some confusing themselves <laughs> reading a, a sentence that's written down right in front of them whilst, whilst being recorded. So example. hope you all enjoy that. But, but, but yes, there, there were loads more that we went through in our in, in the inspiration episode to, to demonstrate that even, you know, one person reading the, <laughs> their own mother tongue has a, may encounter difficulties at, from, from time to time. How much more careful do we need to be? How much more thinking do we need to put into, uh, into reading something that's been translated from another language and not only mm. not another modern language, but uh, yeah, an ancient language that isn't used quite in exactly the same way that it is today from a yeah. different part of the world, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I think the point was the we've just got to recognize that our interpretation is our interpretation and it is not where the, the authority of the inspired word lies you know it, it lies in whatever the intended meaning was exactly so i think that yes shenanigans might be the the watchword for, for 2022 <laughs> but i think that episode was humility or, or our humbleness when we think about our own interpretation yeah. cool so before we move on any other memorable moments from our material from 2022 just stepping outside of the actual episodes that we recorded for a moment i i started doing some of those talking head videos if, if you're following us on on facebook and Instagram and, and various other places, including TikTok. Now, I know, Lawrence, you're an avid social media follower. No doubt you've, you've, uh, you've been following along on TikTok as well. In, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> in a parallel <laughs> universe. I over the shoulder when you do them. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, it's been quite good fun to do those, to, to try and distill down some small idea from an episode or from, from anything mm. kind of related to the episode do a short talking head video and, and circulate it. I don't know whether or not any TikTok user is a podcast listener as well. I'm not entirely sure they might overlap really if you drew a Venn diagram, but <laughs> but but there's been some some curious comments, some surprisingly a large number of views and and people saving the video and liking it. So, you know, there's there must be people out there following along and and liking it as well as you you sort of local militant atheist and whatever as well which is you know it's fine they can they can comment if they like and make the 
make the video be seen more if they <laughs> drive engagement. I thought you had to throw some dance moves to uh, be on TikTok. Yeah, well, I- I've started to sway a little bit more, actually. I, I thought <laughs> if Justin Briley from the Unbelievable <laughs> Unbelievable Show can do it, and you see him doing it, he does sway around a bit and, you know, gets very animated. So, you know, I'm I'm following along from, from his, mo- his, his latest moves. You might moves. have to get focus <laughs> tracking for that. <laughs> oh, there you go. You, so you know what you're doing, Lawrence. You should join. Join the club. <laughs> My, my, the, the best comment I've had so far was just after the World Cup when someone commented and said to, to a video of me talking saying, oh no, Harry Kane has, has missed the penalty, now he's turned to God and he's he's talking all, all this stuff. And I was like, okay, so I'm being likened to Harry Kane. <laughs> got a career as a Harry Kane lookalike if it's yeah. sideways. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Got oh, maybe that could be special guest for, uh, for next year, one episode. We'll talk about, you know, leadership or something like that, perhaps. Good, yeah, a yeah, guest yeah. spot from, from Harry Kane. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. So anyone else listening along, yeah. if you're on TikTok, search us out. Cool. Okay, anything else from 2022 before I hit you with some quick-fire questions? Well, 2022, certainly for me personally, has been a year of a lot of DIY. We moved house, and it needs a lot of upkeep, and I, I don't have a lot of skill in that area. The DIY is pretty simple, isn't it? If it if it doesn't move and it should, it's WD-40. If it does move and it shouldn't, it's duct tape. That's something for your other YouTube <laughs> channel there, Paul. Yeah. Just before we move on, I, I I really enjoyed sort of the start of the of the the book overview sessions that we've been doing. For, for me, you know, listening to all of you guys put together your sort of forty minute overviews of the of, of books have been really interesting. So kind of mm. that that has been a, a highlight, and you know, long may it continue into this year. I think we'll probably be continuing that series. I think. I think we've got a few books of the Bible left to to cover. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of quick fire questions for you now then. So still looking back at 2022, what's the most interesting book that you've read in 2022? Josh. So for me, it is My Body Is Not a Prayer Request by Amy Kenny. It's about disability justice in the church. A very sort of bracing and, and, and challenging read for me, having not thought much about mm. disability theology and how someone who has a disability might read something, someone without a disability might read and, and take something very different from. A very interesting and a sort of eye-opening reading of the the man who was born blind and the the division that she sees between the biblical understanding of curing versus the biblical understanding of healing and how even though the man who was born blind gains his sight at the beginning of the chapter a whole host of problems and issues and sort of fractures in relationships happen after that so although he has been cured he hasn't yet been healed so i, I would really recommend that mm. my body is not a prayer request that was my number one for 2022 Excellent. thank you josh uh, dan can I give you a list of all the interesting books I haven't completed in 2022? We've all got a list like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the, the one most recently that most interesting that I've much enjoyed, what I have read of it, is Bearing God's Name by Carmen Imes, which is oh, yeah. an Exodus kind of walkthrough, but particularly about yeah. the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I, I have come across that, and I think listened to a podcast somewhere, mm. somewhere on of, of her on that on that subject, and yeah, it was good, good stuff. Lawrence, your book for 2022. Yeah, so as you know, I'm an avid reader. So <laughs> of, of Asterix. <laughs> of Asterix, yeah. So apart from How to Avoid a Climate Disaster by, by Bill Gates, which is an interesting book in itself, I, I've obviously mentioned the, the early church series, which has kind of occupied a bit of my time. But to be honest with you, I'm going to go a bit sideways, and I'm going to... I'm going to recommend a, a point-and-click adventure game instead. <laughs> so I came across this a really interesting adventure game called Pentiment a couple of months ago, or a month or so ago, and it's a murder mystery set in 1500s Bavaria, but it's 
it's it's put together as like an illustrated manuscript and it takes all of its inspiration from like the Nuremberg Chronicle which was an ancient document of like 14 I think it's the Chronicle of the World in nine, in 1493 so all the illustrations they've basically taken that and turned it into a computer game but it teaches you all about Christianity in the 1500s. That's Reformation so, period, isn't it? Reformation yeah. period. How the scribes, you know, created documents, the various people who were gathering together and making theological decisions at the time and things like that. But it's all done in the, in the context <laughs> of a point and click computer game, which for me is, is a lot easier to consume. <laughs> Fantastic. And in that vein, my, my book of 2022 that I would call out is, is called The Nearly Infallible History of the Reformation by, by Nick Page, which is a, it's a history book, but it's, it's got a slightly tongue in cheek twist to it. It's all about the winners and the Luthers of, of that period. Um, <laughs> the Diet of Worms and the incredible rudeness of Martin Luther's writings. I mean, absolutely so rude to any of his, of, of his opponents, whether they're a pope or a bishop. It's just fantastic stuff. It's like Twitter. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So some things, while we think things have gone downhill, perhaps they haven't. But anyway, <laughs> but there is a little chapter on what he calls the Radical Reformation. And it talks about the Anabaptists in Switzerland, in, in particular, a few particular towns in, in Switzerland. And there's a little sentence in there where he says, but some of the Anabaptists went too far. Even for the Anabaptists, they rejected the doctrine of the Trinity on the grounds that it was nowhere stated in the Bible. And that's where he leaves it. He doesn't say anything more about, about <laughs> okay. that. But here we are, four of us. I'm not sure we describe ourselves as radical reformationists, but you know, taking things looking at the Bible from a Unitarian perspective and rejecting the doctrine of the Trinity just for that reason. It is nowhere stated in the Bible. So there we go. That's that's a good collection of books to, to, to take away and think about. So no, another question, most interesting place you visited in 2022? Josh, do you want to go first on this one? Sure. It was my birthday in September. And so I dragged my wife on a long hike through lots of stinging nettles in Sponley Woods to a abandoned Roman villa. And under a very, most tarpaulins are unassuming, but this was an extra unassuming tarpaulin, <laughs> was a, a beautiful Roman mosaic that's sort of been abandoned and left to just sort of be, uh, be looked at by deer and frogs and things that were, were roaming around out there. So, so yeah, that was very, very interesting That's just to it. sort of see, you know, a little relic of a massive empire that uh, once ruled the world and now is just underneath, you know, a tarp from Halfords or something like that with a little geocache box next to it and is, is yeah, in the middle of the woods. You, you, you didn't knew it was there. You went to, you went to <laughs> see that. You, no, you sorry. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, no, I wasn't wearing my Indiana Jones hat and, and, and bag at the time. So no, I, I did know it was there, although it was very difficult to find. But Dan, how about you? Without a doubt, Newquay in Wales, and not just for the stunning beach and the dolphins in the bay. And <laughs> no, it, it's a great place there in West Wales, but stumbled across on one of the, the seafront walks, cliffside walk, place called Castelbach, Castelbach. Or something like that, however it's pronounced. Basically, there goes all your Welsh TikTok followers. Yeah, but Welsh roots should, should do a better job than yeah. that, shouldn't they? Yeah. Celtic Iron Age fort on the top of this cliffside, which you can see the, the lines of the fortifications and the walls, which it, it's always great, actually, when you see something random like that in the UK that is from the period of basically somewhere in the Bible. But, you know, this could be from the time of the kings or from mm. the time of the exile or maybe even a bit, bit earlier than that. Yeah, it's just good to sometimes to stand in a place like this and think, oh, when, when they were cooking pigs here 
or firing arrows at invaders or whatever. There was Sennacherib riding across to Jerusalem at the same time or whatever it was. Where they weren't killing pigs. No, they wouldn't have been killing pigs there, no, no. <laughs> Maybe firing arrows, yeah. Mm, cool. Okay, Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I've been to a few places, but I think I'll probably uh, stick with Lancaster. Basically, we were driving up the uh, M6 to the Lake District. I was driving up there with a, with a car full of friends to go camping on the mountains and had a blowout on my, my, uh, my car. And as a result of that, we spent an, an inordinate number of hours waiting for the repair of the of the tyre and wandered around Lancaster. And we found a couple of interesting things. We found the Queen Victoria Memorial which is right in the middle of, of Lancaster with like friezes on every side and like wisdom and fortune, you know, inscribed on each corner. And we got to try and work out who the various characters were from politics and arts and stuff. That was quite interesting. And then we wandered across to the cathedral, which was a, a beautiful building. They've got an amazing acoustics. So we walk in there and I look around and I go, okay, so it's, it's all clear. So I let out a nice bass note, sort of just to try and get the whole building resonating. So I have a couple of notes. And then I walk to the front and I notice there's somebody sat at the front, like like the most motionless person ever in the world, just sat there. And I'm probably thinking, oh, no, who are these complete wallies coming in here, releasing a random bass note? <laughs> so, yeah, beautiful building. Great. And and so actually for me, similarly, it's a, it's a church building, but we managed to get away out of the UK over the summer to Iceland, and we visited the, I guess it's the cathedral in Reykjavik, Holgrim's Kirkja, which means Holgrim's Church, basically. And it's the, it, from the outside, it's the most amazing building because it's designed it's around the hexagonal basalt columns that you see a lot of in, in Iceland. But to go inside, because the Church of Iceland is a Lutheran, church it's absolutely bare inside there is nothing on the walls there's a stained glass window at the very at the very front there's absolutely nothing on the walls which you know is quite a contrast to many of the churches that, that I've visited and cathedrals in, in other parts of the world. You release a bass note? I, I did not do that, no. There was actually somebody playing the organ. Uh, the, ideal um, opportunity <laughs> to release a bass note. <laughs> So let's so let's let's look forward now. We've we've talked a lot about 2022, what we've done there in, in various different ways. So let's think about going into 2023. And we're in a world that is increasingly strange and uncertain. And we are looking at a situation where there's a, an ongoing war in in Ukraine. And, and actually, I did a look at Google searches for the Book of Revelation, and there was a, a particular spike in in searches for the Revelation in in February of this year when the, the war in Ukraine. So you know, maybe when there's uncertain times and crises in the world, people uh, people look to to certain parts of the Bible for for meaning, understanding what's going on. But you know, let's just have a think about what you know. What should going into 2023 in this strange situation? What how should we react? What should our a Christian reaction to that kind of situation be? Yeah, it's it's certainly been a year of upheaval. I mean, we thought that was 2020, <laughs> and then yeah, the next couple of years have come along and they've 
chucked things in the air again, haven't they? And especially with with the war, like you say, in, in Europe, which is really quite devastating, to be honest. I, I think it shows that there's a need for Jesus to finish the work that he's already started, that he came and he he started the work and he's he's there are christians following him and and living as he asked them to live and that's that's all fine that's great that's exactly as it should be and the gospel being gospel message spreading throughout the world that's that's what it has been but there's a kingdom that needs to be fully established properly established basically you know when we we turn to look at the horrors in in Ukraine, and then the horrors that repeated themselves throughout the world, in parts of Africa and and Asia and North Korea and China, and it's just all over, isn't it? Wherever you look, there's this whole idea of yes, Jesus has come. He's he's inaugurated things. He's kicked things off. He's he's asked people to follow him, but we really need him to come again and and finish the work and 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 create peace. Really. So yeah, I think. Yeah. The reaction, the reaction to all this stuff going on, should be to realise that and and try and promote that message more and more, as well as helping mm. and assisting where where we can. Yeah, and I, and I tend to think the war in Ukraine has has penetrated deeper into the sort of Western mind because of its its proximity. You know, whereas you know wars which have been equally devastating yeah. and you know terrible upheaval for. Of people's lives, whether it's Syria, Iraq, or in Africa, have you know have happened? It's happening in in all sorts of different places. Josh, do you, do you have a perspective on this as well? Well, I think Dan's point is is really excellent. I suppose for some people, you know, what they see will be overwhelming. It'll be difficult to put into a a perspective or get a a handle on it and, and to begin to think about it. And I think one reaction that you, you might find helpful is to consider some of the things that the uh, the prophets say. One sort of sum, summation of some of the prophetic messages that I really quite like that I see out online every now and again is the fact that God sees everything that, that money hides. So all the um, burdens that are, are being put on people, the the waste and the, the worry that is caused by the, the conflict, as well as the amazing sort of acts of, of, of generosity and support and, and, and sort of positive human interaction mm. that you see in the midst of all these difficult things. Those things are, are some of the things that the biblical writers and, and thinkers are obsessing over. I'm thinking about your your Micahs, your Amoses. They have an awful lot of things to, to say and some, some helpful direction and perhaps a bit of perspective to give because you know each year, as we've been saying, goes on and it seems to be that every you know, trip around the sun, more and more we are thirsting after justice and looking for, yeah, that, that kingdom to be fully established. Yeah, and there's some pretty strong language against social injustice and oppression in, in those prophets, certainly. Lawrence, anything to add? Yeah, all of these, you know, this, this kind of mounting problems of in, in, in society, which we're seeing, you know, it's kind of another wave of undulating mess that we see throughout history with mankind involved in it you know wars problems injustice you know and things proceeding and having impacts and on people's circumstances all the way around the world so you know man thinks they're pretty switched on and they can fix stuff but really we don't have answers to kind of the fundamental questions in life really and so it kind of brings to mind you know the the, the hope of the gospel is still super relevant to us today and it's still very compelling to people who are suffering through through these these really difficult situations and you know to your point dan around you know jesus needs to come back that's kind of how revelation ends isn't it it says you know it says surely i am coming soon amen come lord jesus and that's mm. the kind of you know that's maybe why people are looking at revelation yeah people do yeah. tend to look at revelation sometimes 
to see oh what what's going to be the next move what what's is this thing prophesied is this thing has this thing been predicted is this you know the turn of events that we're going to be seeing when actually the book is more is more about you know this is how you should live your life in the middle of upheaval in the world you know turning and looking at these events isn't just to be, we shouldn't just be looking at them as oh this is going to now fulfill this this is going to fulfill that actually mm. there's there is a compassionate response and you know how how should it react in the face of these terrible tragedies that that comes mm. out of the book of revelation itself and, and, and actually the crises the uncertainty sort of comes closer to home as well with you know economic uncertainty recession energy bills you mentioned lawrence and uh, you know the the increasing number of of refugees moving around the world some of them coming to the uk and you know climate change and those kind of aspects as well yeah so i think for you know my Self, you know, during lockdown and the height of COVID, obviously, you know, a lot of my focus and people's focuses were on their own individual health. And, you know, those were con concerns were real. And of course, it was totally reasonable and, and normal to be thinking about that. And we've been, been talking about the need and hope of the gospel that will address those things. But we, we also see the Bible's sharpest words, it's, its most searing criticism is how groups with with power are mistreating you know the very people that they're supposed to serve and so we have a great opportunity i think going into to 2023 to think about those people who are in need to think also about why they're in need what what is what is it that's been causing that and and who has been causing that and, and what can be done about it and you know uh, as we've been saying we see in the the leadership that the jesus models and is trying to encourage in those who are looking to follow him a, a hopeful and positive way forwards yeah then i'd like to note i've now got my slogan for, for my new political party which is more jumpers less gas but uh, on a serious note you know i think if we look at how we how we react as christians in the current circumstances i think you know we have the gospel which you know we can preach to those around us and i think if we couple that with some kind of practical help these things come together really well i mean the whole the whole practical help of of individuals and communities and we see that all the way through the new testament and so we can do the same we have difficult situations around us we can apply the same kind of lessons that we see in the first century churches to kind of our own sort of lives as well. Yeah, so being sojourners doesn't mean absolving ourselves of all responsibility for any anything that's going on around. It you know it, no. it means helping where we can, doing what we can, but but recognizing that the the ultimate solution comes from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah the the only thing additional that I can think of that's important is the the fact that we we all the four of us we're part of a church community aren't we we're part of a, a network of churches the christadelphian community and there is as as there will be in, when there's a network of churches there is lots of support there are charities there are funds there are lots of things to to help people and then lots of opportunities to support and help others which is exactly how it should mm. be isn't it that so in times of economic hardship or whatever there are there are ways of of finding practical help alongside the the spiritual help the the growth as discipleship and and everything else that goes with being part of a church so so just you know just recommending to anyone listening that, that if you're not part of a church if you're not part of a community to to really seek that out as as much as possible to to have fellowship mm. to have that support and the and the opportunities to serve and support others that's really you know that's that's the template that Jesus taught and and the apostles taught. So, so that's that's something to to try and do. And and of course, as, as you know, we're part of the Christadelphian community. That's it's worldwide. There's there's so many 
Christadelphian churches all, all around that that would be happy to to welcome people. That would be a, as good a start as any if, if your views and your beliefs and, and values align with the sorts of stuff that that we natter on about in in these podcasts. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. The mutual support that comes from being part of a community in that way, and the, and the way a community like that is is better placed to to reach out to to mm. those around in the local towns and, and cities as well. So finally, then, perhaps just for for our podcasts and what we're going to do at, at Bible Feed over over the next year, what what are we going to be covering? Dan, do you want to kick us off there? So we've started the big project of going through all the books in the Bible and doing an introduction <laughs> episode on them. So we will be continuing that for sure. I'd like to think that we'd finish the first five books, the law, the, the Torah. So we've, yeah. we've done three. So we've got two more to do. Hopefully we can finish that this year. And uh, But we're not just going to work through one by one, are we? We're going to be picking out some from later in the Old Testament and, and some from the New Testament as well, just to keep that yeah. balance. But then hopefully there'll be a good library that we'll be assembling for, for people to help them in their Bible reading. Yeah, I mean, there's such a diverse set of texts in in the Bible that it's it, it's good and it's probably healthy to to move around the Bible a bit and not just work through mm. from the beginning. So, you know, I think I'd like to do something on, on the letter to the Romans at some point. Yeah. And intertwined with the uh, the book introductions we've been looking at certain themes as well so i think a couple that we'll try and pick off in the next in the coming months is uh, something around the devil demons satan those kind of words which are often associated with supernatural beings in some form kind of look at the the scriptural angle on that and and maybe also look at the spirit the the holy spirit gift the 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 comforter or the helper as it as it appears in john's gospel and do something on that on that theme as well josh what do you think we should be looking to cover the two main areas that i think i'm going to be looking at is thinking about the bible and how it is used in community how people sort of study it together and uh, and put it into practice alongside other people and the other section i'm really interested in at the moment is how the bible talks about money and wealth and debt and all essentially numbers and things like that really putting my my gcse mathematics to to, to the test yeah when you work out how to get the camel through the eye of the needle just let us all know <laughs> we'll announce that first on tiktok i think the great dance move to be had there i'm sure yeah. Lawrence, final. Yes, I think for, from from my side, I'd be great to kind of see some of the the aspects of of the life of worship, things like prayer, music, and communion. Why do we do them together? So a little bit similar to what Josh said, but maybe some, maybe I think we're going to try and get somebody who's a great musician to come and speak to us. It's a good good blend of talking about the Bible and faith in the modern world, which is what we've always been doing, isn't it? So to really, hopefully, we can continue that the bible study and the practical explanations as, as well on, alongside and excellent and and hopefully the last 40 minutes or so has, has demonstrated that we're just ordinary people trying to understand <laughs> well, the bible <laughs> oh maybe maybe not <laughs> so i think before we descend into farce i'll i'll draw our our proceedings to a close there and thank you all for for giving us your thoughts and contributing to this and look out for the the next episode which is going to be on the letter to Philemon which is one of our bible introductions but it's unusual in that it will probably be much quicker for you to just read the letter to Philemon 
rather than listen to to our episode. But our episode is, is of course, great. So listen to that as well. <laughs> so that's coming up next. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for your support in, in 2022 and hope you continue to enjoy what we do. Take a look at the, uh, the back catalogue that's building on biblefeed.org. You can see us on Facebook and on Instagram and go and look for Dan slash Harry Kane on TikTok. <laughs>